The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Hi, everyone. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, and I hope you had a very empowering week. Hope you'll call in with questions and comments or email us at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Today, we have a really exciting topic. It seems to be on everyone's mind these days. Everywhere I go, people ask me this question, parenting. Oh, my God. We sure don't get a manual on parenting, I have to say. I have two kids. I'm always looking for my manual. It doesn't exist. But although we don't have a manual, we do know a fair amount from research. So I thought what would be very cool today is to bring on a colleague of mine who is brilliant. I repeat, brilliant. She is a top couple family therapist, an expert of working with kids, a parenting expert, Someone I adore, think very highly of, and can offer so much help on this topic. Celine, welcome to Straight Talk. Wow, thank you for that intro, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to start off by saying that I'm so happy of the kind of work that you're doing in reaching out to North America and sharing your wisdom, great advice that everyone needs way beyond the scope of just being in, the, in an office. And the more information we put out there, the better it is for, for the world. I couldn't agree more. And I honestly wish uh, there were more of these kinds of shows as I had my first child because it's hard to get the information and not everybody wants to go to therapy, which is really why I wanted to do this show is to reach everyone else. So such a good point. Starting off strong, Celine. Thank you so much. Um, Celine, there is quite a bit of science we have at this point about parenting uh, and getting that information out, as I said, could be life changing. I'm, I'm curious, first of all, in your own practice, what are the most common challenges you see in parenting? I know we were talking right before the show about um you know, overprotection and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Is, would you say that's one of the biggest things you hear about? It's one of the biggest things. Uh, I mean, you know, we're in a world where there's so much going on, so much in social media, so much we're bombarded with so much information that people are there, parents are there, are trying to do their job, are trying to be the best parent that they can be. Yeah. And as a result of that are becoming very overprotective. So they're protecting their kids and overprotecting them from whether it's the serial killer or the peanut, you know, it's, it's, we're trying to do our best, but at the same time, where is the balance? Okay. So let's go back a little bit on that because we know that many of us and many people listening grew up with authoritarian parents. Mm -hmm. I'm the daughter of Europeans. Mm -hmm. There's no question. uh, The rules were very strict. I'm pretty sure you grew up with a pretty 
pretty straightforward mm-hmm. rules and mm-hmm. the boundaries were there. Sometimes in my case, I can't speak for you, they were sometimes over the top. I was joking to someone yesterday that I really actually thought there was only one radio station <laughs> on the radio and it played opera all the time. <laughs> Sorry, parents, but that's the truth. Um, and so many people refer to those days as authoritarian parents. Mm-hmm. And we know that that led to a lot of problems. Yeah. So that was no good. Yeah. Then we saw a shift in psychology of people starting to do something called laissez-faire mm-hmm. parenting, which mm-hmm. is Almost anything goes. We don't want to be authoritarian. We want to be a buddy. We want to be your buddy. How often do people come into your office and say, I am my child's best friend? Uh And alarm bells uh, go off. (laughs) Any therapist who hears that, alarm bells go off. Now, why do alarm bells go off? What's wrong with being my kid's best friend? You know, I tell my kids all the time, you know, you want to take me as a best friend, go ahead. But remember, I'm still your parent. Yeah. And I say to mine, to follow that up, and to my clients, is you'll have many friends in life, yeah. but you only get one, one set, set of, of parents. parents. Right. I guess we think very alike. Okay. So you mentioned that's one part, the best friend thing. We'll talk a bit more about that, but I want to pick up right away where you what you mentioned is what we call in psychology bubble wrapping mm-hmm. kids, which, by the way, I run an anxiety clinic. Mm-hmm. I always joke if people want me to make more money, keep bubble wrapping your uh-huh. kids because it leads to anxiety. Now, what does it mean to bubble wrap and why would it lead to anxiety? Okay, so, you know, where we're, if, we, if we can add to that, to the bubble wrapping, we also have the helicopter parent. Okay. You know, the hovering, the, the being right on top, right there in their face, watching everything that they're doing, looking over the homework. Did they do this? Did they fill out this form, et cetera? And the problem with that is that, you know, unfortunately, parents, you know, in trying to help their kids are going into an area where they're becoming a source of enabling, you know, they're enabling their kids. So instead of helping, we're taking it too far to enabling, which means doing everything for your kid, that your child is not able to learn the tools to do it on their own. Okay, so let me see if I've got this right. Is when you talk about helicopter parenting, that's mm-hmm. the parent who seems to be very caring. Yes, definitely. Their heart is in the right place. For Absolutely. sure, we have to say that. Mm-hmm. But in trying to do everything for their child, their child is not learning themselves how to do things. And that's why you use the word enabling. Exactly. So without even realizing, instead of helping their child, they're actually disempowering their child. Exactly, because the child learns to rely on their parent and they start to become insecure that when they're faced with the situation where they have to make a decision, they're not even sure what to do. And they're turning around looking for the parent to tell them what to do. And, and so the parent becomes almost such a, a crutch that, you know, and the parent, again, like you said before, you know, they're just trying to do the right thing. They're, they're caring and they're loving, but it's, it's a hard, it's a very fine line because the child then is not able to have the tools to make it on their own. And so therefore, that's when we can start to see children experiencing a lot of anxiety, as you know, and the expert on that. That's a big problem. Yeah, it is. And I can see that we're going to have to stay on this topic for a little while because I want to bring it right now to the concept of resilience, which mm-hmm. I'm really big on saying that the biggest gift you can give your child is resilience. And people say, well, why do you say that, Sandra? How about happiness? Mm-hmm. My answer is very simple. Happiness is like sunny days. It comes and it goes. Yeah. But if I can give my child the gift of resilience, mm-hmm. that they can handle the cloudy days as well as the sunny days, I've done my job. Now, I can't give them that gift if I'm always 
helicoptering and Mm -hmm. creating sun all the time for them because they're not learning how to deal with obstacles, as you so well said. But that's a dilemma as a parent because watching my own children deal with dilemmas, it breaks my heart. I don't like to see my children in pain. Of course. It breaks your heart and it breaks all of our hearts. We've been in that situation where you see the child struggling and a part of you just wants to take over and make it all better. Um, But at the same time, you know, whether it's uh, them coming to you and struggling with, with a topic in school or, or an issue with friends. And, you know, it's very quick to be able to say, you know, well, why don't you tell them this? And why don't you, you know, why don't you do it this way? Especially therapists. Exactly. Who are therapists, therapist kids. Exactly. I mean, we're therapists. We want to just give them the answer. Give we know the, the answer. Exactly. We want to give them the tools. We know the answer. Let's just save them from, from, the, from the worry and the concern. However, it's really about, and this is an empowering tool for parents, is to become coaches. It's not giving them the answer, but leading them to an answer that they can derive on their own. So when you say coaching, I I can't help but think of something that I tell clients to do often, which is to also give them choices. Absolutely. You know, so because I know, you know, we know in research that giving choices to children is very empowering to children. I love that word empowering. Yeah. Well, because they learn that they have the ability to make good or bad choices yes. and learn from them. Mm-hmm. And why is it so important for them to learn from bad choices? I mean, I don't, again, I'm going to speak for everyone who's listening. I don't want my kid to suffer. I don't want my kid to suffer. Absolutely. I mean, you know, my daughter wears this t-shirt and she got this t-shirt and it says, keep making mistakes. Mm. And I thought it was so cute, but really that's what it's about is that we learn from making mistakes. And so, yes, as a parent, we have the, the job to somehow make sure that the, 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 uh, the possible um, um, mistakes that they might make are not too costly and they're not dangerous ones, okay? That's our job. Right. So, so if they can, say they want to jump off the bridge. Yeah, you might want to intervene yeah. at that point. Okay, you just know? so we're clear. <laughs> just so yes, we're clear. definitely. But when a parent can be a good judge to understand and to see that, okay, this is a risk, this is something that will be a little bit unpleasant, but at the same time, they'll be okay. And even if they fail they'll be fine. They'll learn from that experience. It's important to, for kids to experience a little bit of stress, but not too much that they become paralyzed by it. So that well-said description is resilience. Absolutely. That's what resilience is. Mm-hmm. The resilience, so we're clear, is the ability to deal with difficult situations and get through them. And even as an adult, um, that's how I deal with my life because mm-hmm. not every day is sunny. Absolutely. So, but I, I have wish. a, I wish too. <laughs> and don't we all, yeah. but I have a trust and I want my kids to have a trust that I can deal with the circumstances that have been thrown my way. Exactly. Now you brought up anxiety. I'm going to say a few words mm-hmm. on that before we go to the break, which is that the reason it causes anxiety, because people probably want to know why does it cause anxiety? Well, anxiety is anticipatory in nature. So you anticipate bad things happening. So let's look at anxiety and resilience. Mm-hmm. If I know I can handle difficult situations mm-hmm. and I have a fearful thought, like what if this happens? I can soothe myself by saying, I could probably handle it. If I don't have the ability to say I can handle it, my parents did everything for me, then the anxiety thought grows. And unfortunately, it grows a bit like a cancer cell. It spreads. And it paralyzes. And and the next thing someone will do is avoid the Uh, situation. mm -hmm. And like I was just saying last night, I was talking last night, avoidance Mm -hmm. is the best friend of anxiety. Absolutely. You want to get more anxiety? Avoid Avoid, avoid, avoid. 
And you know what? And to, just to add to that also, self-soothing, it is such an important concept. I work with What that. is it? It's self-soothing is finding ways to be able to self-soothe, to make yourself feel better, to be able to find the solutions from within. And I teach that, you know, you and I also, we teach that to our clients all the time. Um, but I think it's a very important tool to teach kids. And oftentimes when I see adults who are not able to self-soothe is because they haven't been able to be taught how to do it. So they come in and have no idea. So before we go to the break, Selena, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. What's a self-soothe a child could say to themselves when they're nervous about something? What could they say? Okay. What are my choices? What can I do? What are some of the things that I can do? Or what do I remember talking about my mom or my dad about of this situation when it happened before? Go back and find those examples that have helped. But obviously, to be able to come up for those examples, you have to have had the opportunities to discuss and have those discussions with your parents. So as parents, the best thing that you can do is to give your children some tools, help them know what to do when they're experiencing their anxiety, whether it's writing things down, whether it's take a break, pull away from those books and and go run on the treadmill for 10 minutes, listen to some music, anything to distract so that they learn that when they're in a stressful situation, pull back, take a deep breath so that you can better assess the situation and then have the tools of what to do. Great advice, Celine. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Ladies, how about a luxurious weekend while learning to empower yourself? Join Straight Talk's Sandra Reich, January 29th at a gorgeous spa in Quebec for three days and two nights of empowerment, growth, and decadence. Delicious food, powerful learning, and much more. Life 2.0 The Retreat. Master how to command respect in your relationships. Learn about yourself and what is blocking you from living your best life. Meet other like-minded women and join in on the retreat that sells out year after year. Isn't it time you chose you? Call us at 514-796-4357. That's 514-796-4357. Don't miss your chance to change your life and relationships forever. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety video therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Is it a time you choose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. 
Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back, and I guess this topic really brings up things for people because I've got a few emails I want to get to. So I have uh, an email from Jay from Montreal saying how much he's enjoying all the shows by Sandra Reich. Amazing stuff. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much, Jay. And he goes on to say, I'd love to hear Sandra and Celine talk about what steps they recommend young adults to ensure they're prepared for the responsibility and challenges of parenthood, specifically people who have been raised in families with poor boundaries or perhaps emotionally or physically unavailable parents Mm -hmm. and do not want to repeat the cycle with their children. Thank you, Jay. Mm -hmm. Jay, I I want to thank you because, wow, that is such an important question because the problem is that our parents are our role models. So when we've grown up in families with poor boundaries or unavailable parents or triangulated parents, which we're going to talk about soon, it's awfully hard Mm -hmm. to learn how to do this properly. So, um, Part of why we're doing this is to review the rules uh, rules of engagement in a family and to not repeat those terrible patterns. So number one, kudos to you Mm -hmm. that you don't want to repeat the pattern. And that's really the first step, I think, to being a good parent. I know... um, you know, boundaries, for example, are one of the most important things in all relationships. So if you've grown up in a family with lousy boundaries, um, it is something that you could so easily repeat. So let me ask you, Celine, you know, uh, my first answer to that would be to educate yourself because, you know, you're not going to know it because you grew up with people who weren't there for you. So what does someone do if they have been in a family where emotionally unavailable parents or helicoptering parents mm-hmm. or boundary violate parents, they, 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 they give birth to a child mm-hmm. and the first temptation is to do the exact same thing their mm-hmm. parents do. Mm-hmm. How can they stop themselves? Well, I think, first of all, yeah, Jay, that's a great question. And I think it's important to talk about it because I do see that a lot in my office. Usually when couples come in or, or a, you know, a young mother who just had a baby and comes into my office and will say to me, I do not want to become my parent. I do not want to repeat the patterns, uh, you know, that, that I've, I've experienced growing up and the lack of boundaries or the, the over-involvement. And they're usually, they're quite aware. They're very aware of what they've experienced. They know I've created a lot of anxiety. They're, they're oftentimes resentful uh, of how it paralyzed them in their life. And they want to change. So the first step is aware. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I do recommend is to explore the upbringing, explore the issues that you have experienced growing up. I think that's a very important piece. And, in, you know, and, and to understand how it stifled you um, and what are and, and how you would like to change that with your children. Now, certainly there's some in- incredible books out there. There's one that I've uh, I always recommend to parents, uh, Dr. John Gottman, cool. The Raising Emotional Intelligent Child, which really talks about the different types of parenting. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the laissez-faire type of parenting, uh, and, you know, and the authoritarian parenting. But then you also have the coach, the emotion coach therapist, uh, sorry, coaching, <laughs> which is really about how to be able to raise your kids with good boundaries, 
understanding what good parenting is about and, and, and the importance and really the importance of being there for your child because it is a communication back and forth. You're understanding and learning all about your child and your child is trying to relate and learn about mom and dad and the rules and, and, and how, that's the, how it's going to work. I think it makes such a good point and I think that would be, that really was a starting point in my own life is to look at the, I loved when you said that to look at the things that impacted you negatively. Mm-hmm. So example, if you're, if you're find yourself in relationships with people who are unavailable to you, mm-hmm. you've got to be curious if you've grown up with unavailable parents. Yeah. And then you have to be curious also if you are attracting a repeat of that, or if you even have caught some of that mm-hmm. or, Boundary violators are usually people who grew up in families with boundary violation. Mm-hmm. So you got to be curious about that. And I know that the cl- the difference between clients who nail it and 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 change their lives and people in general who change their lives from terrible backgrounds to becoming outstanding parents are people who are curious and want to know more. I mean, I remember Absolutely. having many a conversation myself with you mm-hmm. uh, about some things that. I grew up with and I wanted to understand a bit better. And that was curiosity. And Mm -hmm. I think that we're often, I I really admire Jay for writing in um, because, and I wish he was on the phone because we'd have so much to say to him and questions to ask. But I think sometimes people feel it has to be their destiny. They didn't get the greatest family and this is what has to happen. And I sometimes even hear people saying, therefore, I'm not going to have a kid because I'm going to definitely repeat the pattern and destroy him. I get that. Mm-hmm. I understand that because you don't want to hurt the child the way and you And those end up being amazing parents. Often. Because they're so concerned that they will do everything they, they can to not repeat the pattern. And, you know, just to add to what you were saying, aside from sometimes having an unavailable parent, you know, when we talk about bubble wrapping and we talk about the helicopter parent, we're also looking at anxiety. We're looking at sometimes parents that were anxious and therefore can pass that on to the child and then the child becomes very anxious and then they grow up to be that anxious parent that becomes the overprotective parent as well so they'll come into my office and say I don't want to do that I don't want to be there and just kind of take over my child's life because I know what it feels like and it was really hard and I don't trust the world but that's where we have to be careful because then they can sometimes slip into so I'm not going to get involved at all that's right right so it's finding the balance it's moderation I think that I'm going to you know, stay with Jay's question also for a little bit longer because he brought up something very interesting that we mm-hmm. wanted to talk about anyways. Um, this concept of poor boundaries, mm-hmm. it brings us right into something that we call triangulating. Oh, yeah. So triangulating in psychobabble language is when parents, one parent fuses with a child mm-hmm. and somehow the child literally becomes part of a triangle, Mm -hmm. the triangle being mom, dad, and child. Mm -hmm. So at first you may hear that and say, well, I don't see why that's a problem. But picture a scenario where dad is... Um, emotionally unavailable, like the email from Jay. To mother. Uh, to yeah. mother, maybe maybe not even around so much. Mm-hmm. And mom is uh, getting very close with her son, and her son wants to be very good to her. It seems pretty innocent, and I'm sure it's meant innocently. Mm-hmm. And yet we call it triangulation. We call it dysfunctional. Why? Well, it, again, it's this, and, and you know, like you said, you could see it with a with a mother and a son. I see it often with, you know, sometimes with a mother and a daughter, um, or as a well. father and a son. Father and a son, exactly. Mm-hmm. There, there, you know, it could all apply. But you know, at the end of the day, what it is, and the reason it often happens, is again. To 
to compensate for what is not happening in the relationship, like you said. And so the problem with that is, is that the child starts to carry this burden. And if I tell you I have seen children come in, I've seen a child come in literally paralyzed in a wheelchair. And I was really hesitant about taking on this child because I thought this is, this is can be, this is in a, is in a wheelchair. Uh, this is not therapy. And I had to double check with the doctor to know that this was purely psychological. And there wow. was nothing wrong with this child. And when I brought in the parents to understand a little bit more what was going on, it was very clear to me that the paralysis of the child had a lot to do with the need to stay connected with the parent and to fulfill that role so that the parent could feel that they belong and that they are needed in that relationship because they didn't, they don't feel needed in their own relationship with okay, their partner. So let me, let me really go explain that because that's such a profoundly interesting case. And it's not like I haven't heard things like that before. Yeah. So I want to make sure it's very clear. Children have an incredible ability to know what parents need. Mm-hmm. So they unconsciously will do whatever the parent wants. Keyword, unconsciously. It Keywords. is not done on purpose. So if parent needs child to stay dependent on parents, yeah. child will stay dependent on parents. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. And that's a problem in particular for the child, which is why when we hear stories about um, this kind of uh, triangulation, the first thing I know you do the same. The first thing we hear, we wonder about is how's the marriage going? Absolutely. It's the same as like when we hear children are sleeping in the bed of the parents. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, every therapist will say, uh-oh. Yeah. Okay, and a lot of people listening are going to say, what's with these two? What's wrong with them? Okay, why do we say, uh-oh, and why do we often wonder if there's a marital problem when child okay. is in bed? You know, let me, let me, you know, I think we need to clarify, you know, as well, is that I am all for my kids jumping in my bed early in the morning, running in, jumping oh, yeah. in, and, and kind of having some time with the parents and connecting. I think that's wonderful and that's beautiful. So we're certainly not saying that having some quality time and hanging out, you know, in the parent's bed, you know, is, is a problem. The problem is, is when the child has set tent in the bed, in between the parents, okay? And that it, the child is invited in. The mother sometimes, the father sometimes, and they will have very valid reasons is that, you know, he's not sleeping well. We've got to bring him. He's been throwing up. We've got to bring it in. And then he never leaves. Okay, and then the parent will tell me, I know, I know he has to go and I have to, you know, he's got to leave and I got to make those changes, etc. So then I go into asking, well, tell me a little bit about the couple. And then the eyes start rolling and then we start to see the discomfort. And then we start to understand that the child, as long as the child's in bed, nothing's happening that night. Like you're talking about intimacy. uh, No intimacy is happening. Okay. And so So that becomes the purpose. And unconsciously the child becomes the excuse for the lack of intimacy. And unconsciously the child learns to take on a role um, to protect whoever wants the child in bed. So you're even talking about something that we'll have to talk about on another show called Mm -hmm. an identified child where the child has to continue to be afraid mm-hmm. so that they can protect the parent who doesn't want intimacy. Exactly. And it's we, pretty deep stuff. Very deep. And, you know, we, we gave an extreme case of paralysis, but let's, you know, you know, of a child being paralyzed, but we could certainly talk about that the child will act out in different ways. They will start seeing eating disorders, sleep problems, uh, acting out in school. And these are all ways that the child will express the issue that they're experiencing in being that parentified child. Brilliant. Um, Selena, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but we have a call. Uh, we have Cindy from Montreal on the line. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm Hi. hoping you can help me out. Oh, sure. with pleasure. How's it going, Cindy? 
Well, I have I have a little boy, he's seven, and uh, I'm having a really hard time having him follow the rules of the house. He gets really angry, um, throws fits, and I'm just having a real hard time coping. Okay, well, I'm so glad you called, Cindy, because we were about to talk about boundaries, and boundaries is definitely where we're going to go here. I'm going to hand this over to Celine, but I'm going to start for a question with you. How are you with boundaries and consequences? <laughs> Well, I, I think I've tried everything, you know. Uh, sometimes I'll, like, you know, take away some of his toys. Sometimes I'll, like, put him to bed early. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I think that I've tried it all. Okay, Celine, what, what is she to do? She sounds like she's having a really hard yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, she sounds like she's really desperate for answers and, and want to get help. But let me ask you a question as well, is that, you know, when you do set those boundaries and you do kind of set some limits, what do you feel inside as you're doing it? I feel horrible, you know, he's upset, he gets angry, I'm, I'm stressed. It's, uh, it's and how does that make thing. you feel? Guilty. Okay, guilty. Okay, and, and, and that's often the case with parents trying to set boundaries with their children, is that they so much don't want to be the bad parent, and when the guilt kicks in, that's the problem, is the guilt yeah. will cause them to fail in in following a certain protocol because they 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 don't they don't have the energy to feel that they've been a disappointment to their child now certainly what i would tell you one of the key points that i'm always emphasizing couples uh, or families is that when you're deciding on a certain strategy with your child you have to be consistent right sandra i mean if you're not consistent in whatever strategy you're going to use when parents tell me I've tried it, and I've tried it, and it doesn't work. I always ask, for how long did you try? Cindy, do you find you're consistent with your uh, boundaries and consequences? Yeah, you know, I, I, I thought that I was, but, you know, I, I might not be. I, mm-hmm. I just, I think I feel, I, you know, you get really angry and really upset, and, mm-hmm. you know, my parents were so hard on me. I, I you know, don't want him to, to have to suffer the way I did. Uh, you sound like a very, very heartfelt parent. I have to say that. Uh, yeah. The problem is that, like we were talking about earlier, is sometimes your child needs to go through a difficult moment to mm-hmm. get the lesson that he or she, I think it's a he you said, needs to learn. Uh, but it sounds like it really distresses you and makes you feel really like you're not doing a good job. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think... I think it's important also that you understand that setting boundaries, no matter how uncomfortable it is, what you have to remember is that it is the right thing to do for your child. You know, I certainly have been in situations where with my own child, where it was almost so tempting to just give in and to just say, you know what, forget about it. I I can't deal with this. It's enough. But then it's what keeps me going is really about understanding about by doing this boundary, what will I teach my child? And, and the, the lesson is more important. So even though you will experience discomfort and your child will experience discomfort as well, what's important is, is that through that you will feel empowered because he will start to listen to you and your child will respect you as well. And more importantly is that you will feel more empowered in your child rearing, you know, with, with, with your child because clearly this is something that's affecting you and you certainly don't want to repeat any patterns. Um, but I would tell you to hang in there. What I will say is don't pick six things to work on at once. Pick one issue that you're going to work on so and, and work on that for the week because parents will want to deal with six different things and that's hard to do. One thing right. per week, master it, feel good about it, give enough reinforcement so that your child will continue to do it and then you can move on to the next challenge. Cindy, I'd, I have, I'd like to talk to you for another minute, but we must take a break. Can you stay on the line? Yes. 
Okay, so we'll speak to Cindy when we get back. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Ladies, how about a luxurious weekend while learning to empower yourself? Join Straight Talk's Sandra Reich, January 29th at a gorgeous spa in Quebec for three days and two nights of empowerment, growth, and decadence. Delicious food, powerful learning, and much more. Life 2.0 The Retreat. Master how to command respect in your relationships. Learn about yourself and what is blocking you from living your best life. Meet other like-minded women and join in on the retreat that sells out year after year. Isn't it time you chose you? Call us at 514-796-4357. That's 514-796-4357. Don't miss your chance to change your life and relationships forever. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety video therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Is it a time you choose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing, regain that loving feeling, bring your intimacy to a new level, and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So, Cindy, thank you for holding on. Um, There's something about the way you're talking that I feel you're so representative of so many people. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just want you to know you're helping so many people out there. So I really appreciate the call. Thank Thank you. you. Um, Cindy, I was thinking of something I wanted to say to you. Um, Can you imagine if the world all of a sudden had no stop signs and no speed limits and no rules, what that would feel like? It would be chaos. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. So when we don't put boundaries on our children consistently, it's like having no police. Um, It's chaos. So I know you feel bad when you're doing this, but actually you're creating a safe environment for your kid by offering predictable consequences, just like although I don't love the police, 
I am very grateful they exist. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, no. what I'm going to add to that, it, as I certainly have seen some teenagers come into my office with parents who didn't do the boundaries and kind of had the very laissez-faire, which means a very kind of laid-back attitude about parenting. And they, I can't tell you how many times they've told me that I wish my parent had set some limits. I wish my parents had told me sometimes, no, you can't do this, and I'm, I, I'm worried about your safety, etc. And I think that, you know, I want you to remember that when you're working with your little teenager, your little sweet little kid right now that this is what he needs and as as Sandra said it may be tough and he may be rebelling and he may have a hard time with it as you will too but remember that it's a gift the gift at the end is going to be that he'll appreciate he'll appreciate you more and you're teaching something really important about healthy boundaries Cindy does that help Thank you so much that makes me feel much less guilty that I'm not doing the wrong thing and oh, you're I'm going to try to so to listen to what you, you, you've given me, and thank you both so much. Um, I think that that's really going to help me, you know, be a better mom to my, my little boy. Well, we thank you, and I hope you'll call us back in a few weeks and let us know how it's going. I'd love to know. I, I will do that. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you both. Thank Bye. you so much. Thanks for you calling. know, I think Cindy did such a good, de- good deed by calling it because you could hear it in her voice. Yeah. And I think, I think we've both had moments. Absolutely. I think every parent has had yeah. those moments. And, uh, you know, I had one, I think, last week where, yes. you know, um, my child was very upset. And I know this. And I know rescuing her mm-hmm. is not a good idea. But seeing her in such pain, um, it just... It just felt like I've got to remind her that I love her. And I think I want to bring up that point is that boundaries and loving someone are not exclusive, meaning we even have a rule in our house, even between my husband and I, Mm -hmm. that when there's if there's any dissension between us and the same with our kids, that we remind each other that we still love each other. Loving someone and putting a limit on someone are not mutually exclusive. It's I still love you, but you can't talk to me this way. Exactly. And I think that's so important what you're saying that because oftentimes that's what parents feel guilty about is that they're so worried that the child will feel that they are not loved. And I think constant reinforcement and, and never to forget to keep reminding your child that you do love them, whether they're, they're 6, or 12, 18, or 40, you know, you're going to still keep doing that. But boundaries remain boundaries at, at any point in life, you, you know, you're going to need to have them. And it's very important because those same boundaries you're going to need in your own relationship as well. Right, Sandra? I do. And I think that, you know, we're t- you're a couple therapist. Mm-hmm. And I want to start to talk about the couple in a moment. But I think it's the same thing. I think that often we express things that we don't like something in our child or our partner. Yeah. And it's not that we don't like um, the child or the partner, it's that we don't like the behavior. So I also think right. language is important. So you say to your child, this behavior is unacceptable, not, God forbid, you are unacceptable, mm-hmm. because that's a whole set of new problems. So mm-hmm. please, I'm going to repeat that. It's the behavior that's unacceptable. So then the child sometimes will say, I know it's happened to me, I hate to admit, mm-hmm. the child will say, oh, you just don't like me. No, 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 actually, we love you. But the behavior you just did is not okay. So please right. let's distinguish between behavior and um, the whole person, both with couples and children. So that's going to mm-hmm. lead me into a very important question that mm-hmm. I have for you, which is about couples. You're an expert yeah. in couples. How does the relationship between 
the man and the wife or any couple, we, we shouldn't be gender specific, mm-hmm. any couple affect children? And does it? Does it matter how well my relationship is going? Absolutely. And I just had this talk today with one of my couples. And, you know, I always say, you know, and I'm sure you'll agree, Sandra, we learn so much as therapists. We love the work that we do, but we love our clients and we learn so much from our clients. Don't Indeed. You think? And I, you know, I was just talking with a couple today and the couple, you know, we're talking about struggles with their kids and then started to say, you know, I don't want to focus on the couple. And I asked questions about the couple. They didn't want to go there. And, and I told them, I said, and I give this analogy all the time. And I think that comes from me loving the show homes for homes and construction. But I always say that the couple is the foundation of the house. You know, you can have the most beautiful home, but if your foundation isn't solid, that house is not going to stay up for very long. And so when a cha- when a family is, is experiencing some difficulties, it's very important to first make sure that the couple is solid because a, a couple that's solid can go through the most difficult times and come back even stronger. But a couple that is not will take the little bit of shift going on in a relationship in a family and that will destroy the couple. So it is very important for the couple to be solid. It also it also gives a sense of security to the kids when they know that their parents are good. Well, actually, okay, so there's a lot in what you said that I want to pick up on. So because it relates to things we just said. Okay, so let's review. You had mentioned before en passant Mm -hmm. that anxiety is highly contagious. So if there's tension in the house, because parents tell me there's tension, but my kids don't know it. I'm sorry, but I always look at them and smile in a way that they know I'm saying. Yeah. You're kidding yourself. It makes them feel better. But yeah. the truth is, is that the well, kids feel We it. feel tension. It's, I mean, all of us feel tension. Absolutely. Okay, so there's that factor. Then we also mentioned the fact that one of the ways that we... Um, that parents often deal with a disconnect in the relationship is by getting too fused with their child, mm-hmm. which we briefly talked about has profound effects on, in particular, the child, not to mention the marriage. Absolutely. The child will grow up very tempted to become a caretaker. And unfortunately, like we talked about on another show that's going to be airing later in December, caretakers attract narcissists. So we really don't want to reach, teach our children to become caretakers because they're going to attract people who exploit them in their life. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing you mentioned there. Mm -hmm. The third thing that came up for me is that you're saying that, (coughs) excuse me, the couple, if the couple's not doing well, they can often use, divert the problem, look at the children and not look at themselves. And children unconsciously will play the role of the problem in the house. So all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you have a child with a major problem and you're like, where did that come from? The child wants to keep the parents together. You mentioned something very important, Celine. One of the greatest wish of all children is to see their parents happy. So they'll do whatever they can. If their parents are not happy, if they develop a sickness and that brings the parents together... Guess what happens? Exactly. And you know what? And I'll add to that as well is that, you know, again, aside from the fact that children want to see their parents happy, um, you know, what I find often is a situation where they start looking at the child, they bring him to the office, they drop him off and say, fix him or fix her. Um, and, and, and they really, they're genuine. I mean, you know, the parents are coming in, they're seeing the child with a lot of anxiety or, or showing signs of depression, and they really want to help. Uh, but you know, when we have a, a situation like that, certainly we want to know what's going on with the child. But it's so important to understand that, you know, this is a family is a system yeah. and, and all the relationships are interrelated and they're equally important, whether it's a father child relationship, mother child relationship, father, mother 
you know, or whatever the, 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 the couple is, it, it's the relationship that really is important. They have to look at all of those relationships. And so that's, that's something that we have to, you know, I have to say, like, it's so wonderful to have you here because that's such an important point. I'm thinking of a case in my mind right now, and this happens all the time at the clinic, is uh, parents send in their kid who's depressed or anxious Mm -hmm. and say, fix my child. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as a family therapist, you're you're making a point that I don't think we can repeat enough. We have a policy at our clinic to often want to work with the parents, and they often resist that because they're saying, I don't understand why you want us to come in. The problem's with my kid. So you're quite right, it is a system. And when we, if you're listening to this and your child is having a depression or an anxiety or some sort of problem, if you're not willing to look at the parental role in this and the couple role, you're missing a huge piece. And often things don't get better. And then we get a call from the parent saying, how come my child isn't fixed? Mm-hmm. We, we can't do that. And the system's flawed. Absolutely. And we can try to help them as much as possible and give them the tools. But if they go back home to a system that is flawed, they go right back into the dance, into the role that they are put right back in, the, in that kind of place. And that's, that's a problem and that's dangerous. And I think that, you know, we're both parents and all of us are very sensitive about to hear about their, our parenting. But mm-hmm. I would like to believe, and I'm sure you feel the same way, that if my child was in trouble, mm-hmm. that a, and a therapist or someone told me, you know, come into the office because I think it has something to do with your relationship mm-hmm. and your family, I'd like to believe I can put my ego aside. And I know it's very hard to do that, but if we all want our children to thrive. So let's not take it so personally. There is no such thing as perfect parenting. So it's nothing to get alarmed about. Right. And Sandra, you use the perfect word is the ego. You know, at the end of the day, you have to decide what's more important for you to look good or for your child to get the help that they need. And so putting the ego aside is the biggest gift that you can give to your child because it's about saying that my child is important, more important than my ego, and I will do whatever it takes to help the child. And just to give hope to any parentified children, um, these are the children who were brought into inappropriate roles with their parents, became the best friend, heard about their parents' sex life, heard things they shouldn't have heard. Mm -hmm. I want you to keep in mind that if your parents are not willing to do the work in therapy, there is still hope, but you have to be able to... um, we all as children want to protect and defend our parents. And sometimes part of the work is to also acknowledge that there were mistakes make. Parents are just humans. It's okay. We're going to have to take a break, but we'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. 
change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety video therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Is it a time you choose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Ladies, how about a luxurious weekend while learning to empower yourself? Join Straight Talk's Sandra Reich, January 29th at a gorgeous spa in Quebec for three days and two nights of empowerment, growth, and decadence. Delicious food, powerful learning, and much more. Life 2.0 The Retreat. Master how to command respect in your relationships. Learn about yourself and what is blocking you from living your best life. Meet other like-minded women and join in on the retreat that sells out year after year. Isn't it time you chose you? Call us at 514-796-4357. That's 514-796-4357. Don't miss your chance to change your life and relationships forever. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back, obviously, of such a huge topic. Celine, we're definitely going to have to have you back and you're bringing us such a wealth of information. We left off talking a little bit about, again, this concept of how it is a family system and ideally if there's a problem, we like to work often with parents. Uh, We also were starting to talk about how children naturally want to see parents as gods and they want to protect. This is the biggest problem I have in my office. They don't want to criticize their parents. They don't want to, they don't want to say anything bad about them, but that often leaves them stuck. And you were telling me something on the break that you felt was really important. Go for it. Yes, I think it's important because it's not just with kids, but it's also with adults, you know, who are still kids. You know, they're still children to their parents. We're all someone's child. Exactly. And I think it's important that, you know, when you've had such an important role in, in that family, it's very hard to break away from it. And there's a lot of guilt that comes with it. And one thing that is really important to remember is as you pull away, you're not pulling away from the love that you have for that parent. You are pulling away from the over-involvement that you have with that parent. And that's a big difference. So being still part of their life, having a good relationship, but, but understanding where that boundary is so that you don't step over will not only help you in, in, in becoming your true self, but it will also help the parent to get the help that they need because they can no longer rely on you for that help. Such an important point. Let me give a concrete example of this. So example, your parent is talking to you about their love life, which is a boundary violation because parents can call up friends to talk about their love life. They can talk to their partner, but it's not really something that any kid wants to hear about. But yet you're a kid of a parent and you feel like it's cool and whatever. And you learn that this is a boundary violation. Mm -hmm. So you, next time your parent brings up something about your father or your mother, or they've had a fight and they want you to take sides. If you were to say to your parent, you know what, 
I don't want to get involved in this. I love you. I support you, but I don't want to get involved. You are not breaking up with your parent, but you're actually, Celine's right. You're allowing your parent to have to do the work they need to do as opposed to coming to you. And Mm -hmm. again, that is a triangle. And it's also, um, you started the show on this word, Celine. It's enabling because they're not going to get the help. How many times have I heard cases where somebody's getting help from someone, whether it's a parent to a child, a friend to a friend, where they, you, someone suggests go to a therapist and they say, why should I go to the therapist? I have you. I have you. Yeah. And you're not supposed to play the therapist right. of your parent. You're not actually supposed to play the therapist of anyone unless you're a therapist in a therapist's office. Exactly. And I think it's, you know, and, and just to remember, like you said before, is to say, you know, mom or dad, I love you. And, you know, you, you guys are important to me, but I don't want to get involved in this. This is between the both of you. And put that boundary back with respect with love, and they hopefully will be able to respect that and do the work that they need to do so that you reestablish some healthy, healthy patterns in the family. I love the choice of words respect because in everything that happens is when people first learn boundaries, they tend to start yeah. to they start to talk like this. You're stepping over my boundary, okay? And so when you first learn boundaries, it is still meant to be respectful. Now, I want to, I want, we're running out of time, and I wanted to go back to boundaries and consequences because we only flirted with it today. Mm-hmm. So I want to mention for people listening, like Cindy, who called, what does it mean to have a boundary? More importantly, what does it mean to have a consequence? Because people always ask me this question. Mm-hmm. They say, when it's couples, what am I supposed to divorce my husband? When it's a child, what am I supposed to kick them out of the house? There's a lot of steps before that. So a consequence is something that hurts um, the child. We're talking about children today or even a partner. And I don't mean physically hurts, but hurts them more than it hurts you. So example, if you have a busy weekend and you don't have time to uh, take care of your child and you punish them with no TV, that might end up hurting you more than the child. So you want to choose a consequence that's going to impact the child. So you have to know what matters to them. And usually in consequences, of course, electronics are one of the first things to go and toys and so on and so forth and and bedtime. Mm -hmm. But one of the main things people forget is one of the biggest consequences you have is yourself. Okay. Children or partners, they want you. So I want to, I just want to mention that the consequence has to be specific mm-hmm. and consistent. Big so time. If consistent. you say you're going to take away an iPod and then 15 minutes later you give it back, yeah. you've actually not only reinforced the behavior, the bad behavior, but it's actually going to increase. Is that right, Celine? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that I see in, in, in therapy is it's not so much that they don't try to set the boundaries and, and create the consequence, but it's about the consistency, not being consistent. And you have to do a behavior, you know, more than three times so that it becomes understood. So you got to be consistent two, three times after the fourth time. Usually you start to see a change and the child gets it. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, as well is that also catch your kids being good. You know, you know, we want to provide, you know, consequences when the child is misbehaving, but I think it's also so powerful to also when they're doing good, when they're doing well, I mean, it wouldn't be nice to be stopped by a police officer to tell us how wonderful our driving (laughs) is. I would love that. That's not the case. But the truth is, is that, you know what, it's empowering. It feels good. And, and that's what we have to do You brought the kids. police again. I, I have to say. You have a thing for policemen? What is that? No, I don't know. <laughs> but I do have to say that um, 
human nature, not just your children, is to push boundaries. Yes. Uh, your policeman gives you a ticket for a few weeks. You stop at the stop sign. You go oh, right yeah. back. Really so good. your children are not bad. They mm-hmm. are just doing what humans do is exactly. push boundaries, testing things out and seeing how, how far they can go. And it's our job to teach them that. We are running out of time. And I know there's something you wanted to say before we get to what's going yes, on with this. You know, I, I heard about this recently. I just came across it. And I thought it was beautiful. And, you know, at the end of the day, all of this is about teaching you to, to you know, give your kids the tools to be resilient, to be empowered, to be independent thinkers. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not what you leave to them and the material goods. It's what you leave in them, oh. that that will be there forever. And that's the biggest gift that a parent wants for their kids. Well, I mean... I, you've just been so helpful, Celine, and there's so much stuff, and our callers and emails have been so amazing. Um, Celine, where can listeners find you if they want to ask you a question or you know email you? Where are you? Well, I have four kids, and the biggest complaint I've had is that I'm not on Facebook, and, and I'm not cool. <laughs> so I'm certainly on Facebook now. What's um, your Facebook page? Oh, God. Celine Feld. Celine Abenheim Feld. So you want to spell um, that out so people can find it? Yes, it's S-O-L-L-I-N-E, and it's A-B-E-N-H-A-I-M, Feld, F-E-L-D. I'm located at the Queen Elizabeth Health Complex, and uh, you can certainly reach me by email as well, uh, Celine, S-O-L-L-I-N-E, at yahoo.com. So if you want to find Celine uh, and you, you didn't catch any of that, don't worry. I will have it all on the Straight Talk with Sandra Rich Facebook. And Sandra, if you don't mind, I'm dying to know what is up, what's going on for you coming up. Well, you're always full of... Yeah. There's always you're always busy coming and going. What's the next thing on Sandra's list? Of well, it's to going do? to be a little bit low key in December. We're going to take some family time and parents nice. and all that. Very important. But in January, I'm having my biannual women's retreat at oh, Spa Eastman. I heard so much about it. I want to go. Oh, I wish you I would. I want to go. I just it's might. Three days, two nights, and this one's called Life 2.0. It's mastering your life journey in a beautiful spa with organic food. We love the mind body experience. Lynn, you want to say something? Yeah, I have to tell you, I've seen some. Pictures pictures of those couples and and they look so happy and i think it's a beautiful uh beautiful thing that you're doing okay i think you're talking about my couples retreats oh, which i'm gonna retreat. get to oh okay but i'm this jumping is, this something yeah. first is my women's oh. events i like to do women and couples oh i'm sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm busy lady. about the couples too so okay. yes well for the women i have the empowered woman retreat and the difference between the two is actually that women sometimes there's a lot of um strength that can come in women learning about empowering themselves. Women still struggle with that. Just for the record, that one's coming up January 29th to the 31st, and it will be on the Facebook Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. But Celine, you mentioned something very important is I do have twice a year relationship retreat. The next one is coming up at Mont Tremblant, which is here in Beautiful. Quebec, a gorgeous area, nice. May 16th to the 19th. It's it's selling well, and I don't think you want to miss that because... Because you have Sandra, who's going to share her <laughs> pearls of wisdom them and i have to tell you if you get a chance to go absolutely go it's just so much information so charismatic and i'm not just saying that because she's a good friend but she's very very bright therapist and has a lot of good things to talk about so you can find out more information about that on www.helpforanxietydepression.com celine feld how do i thank you you were just brilliant thank you for having me here it was a pleasure it was so much fun chatting with you as always and i hope to see i hope we'll have you back to continue this talk if you have any questions email them in and have an amazing week. Keep your eyes on the stars. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. (laughs) 
thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.